0: live wires on the team connect, connect. get respect when they real this i know you feel this the east the west
2: up north to down south live
1: we got a live edition of the live wire coming your way folks and uh, yesterday officiating around the nfl was was all around pretty crappy especially you go to philadelphia where a hands to the face flag somehow got got picked up i, I wonder how that that happened Bill Vinovich's crew, one of the better crews in the NFL, had the was in the Colts game for some reason un, you know, un, unbeknownst to man. And there was a flag that Xavier Woods got flagged for on a hit that even the receiver said was legal, and it really changed the outcome of the game. And here was what Frank Reich said about the penalty in, the, in his post-game press conference.
0: They talked about launching, you know, and thought that he hit him in the head and neck. And if he did hit him in the head and neck, it's a penalty. You know, I I don't know, I'd have to see the tape. If it's launching, you know, launching isn't a penalty. Launching and hitting in the neck area, head or neck area is a penalty. Launching and hitting in the body is not a penalty. So, I don't know, I didn't see the replay. Um, You know, but, you know, what, what I was told was that he launched and he hit him in the head and neck area. And if in fact that's what it was, then that's a penalty. If he launched, and hit him in the body then you know then that's one that they got wrong
1: here's my question i know that we get we complain about reviews and how long they take and that everything is reviewable but aren't we at a point now with these types of penalties where they should be either a reviewable or b challengeable because they dictate the outcomes of games on a weekend week out basis
2: yeah they are huge penalties I don't know if I would go as far as to say they dictate the outcome I mean football is so situational you just never know you know what will happen in correspondence to something that happened before that but they definitely create momentum I'll give you that much and so that's the thing about it I thought that that was a clean hit by Xavier Woods and I thought that it was a terrible call and it did create momentum for Indianapolis' offense. And when they review it and still get it wrong, that's the part that's the most baffling to me. And I've said over and over again as an offensive guy, I certainly feel for defensive players it's next to impossible to play defense anymore if you hit a guy and it looks too violent they're gonna throw a flag if there's any contact whatsoever there's gonna be pass interference it's like how are these guys able to do it that's why you have to take your hat off to the really good defenses in this NFL because it is extremely difficult to play defense in this league with them penalizing things so much making it that much easier on the offense well and if you look
0: at Xavier Woods with this hit It doesn't even feel like he is launching a ton, right? I mean, he's not rearing back looking to destroy him. He he was right there. Woods is bracing himself. It's not even the hardest hit I've ever seen. There isn't helmet-to-helmet contact. If it is, it's just the grazing, and he's not even leading with his helmet. Xavier Woods isn't doing that. Michael Pittman, that's the most glaring part about all of this. It's It reminds me a little of James Bradbury after the Super Bowl when people thought that was an awful call of Bradbury holding Juju Smith-Schuster. And then Bradbury said, you know, I got caught. And then it just took all of this. It, it took everything out of the argument saying that was a, t- a terrible call. It, it's like this with Michael Pittman. Anybody defending Michael Pittman on that play and then Pittman coming out and telling you, no, nah, it was a clean hit. I mean, it takes the wind out of your sails. You just have no oomph anymore behind your argument. And so it's really frustrating. And I'm with you, West. You and I both agree with this. I don't know if I'll ever blame the refs for a loss outright. Yeah. But Fiddy isn't wrong when you discuss a touchdown being scored there. A touchdown isn't supposed to happen. That's it. Drives over. But because of the wrong call, then they're able to score a touchdown because they're given a second chance. Cool. Look. Bryce Young, don't throw two pick sixes. That's how you can come back from that. But it certainly doesn't help that Carolina Panthers defense that made a good play. You take the good play away from them on a wrong call, and it's real unfortunate.
1: Speaking of Bryce Young, let's hear from the quarterback about his confidence going into the game on the road this week at Chicago after a 3-INT performance against the Colts. How's
2: your confidence going into Chicago? Doesn't change that. Um, you know, obviously... Um, have to be better, um, obviously you won't, things you want back, uh, but you know it's part of the game it is what it is and um, you know as you know it's a long season you you can't carry any of that over, um, you gotta you know you gotta take from it you know watch the film um, we'll go over this stuff learn it learn from it um, correct, correct it and then after that you know a resets.
1: Wes, you know, football players' body language is as good as anybody in the room. Do you think Bryce Young is confident playing the quarterback
2: position right now? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I, I think that I think that he's got. I don't think his confidence is gone by any stretch of the imagination. But do I think he's playing with the full confidence is that he knows he's going to come out dominate? No, I, I don't think that confidence is there. I think there's times where he's unsure of himself for sure because again I, I keep saying you think about how successful this guy's been pretty much his entire football life this is the first real adversity that he's had to deal with as far as losing on a regular basis making bad plays on a regular basis I would guarantee you he could probably count on two to three fingers the amount of football games he played up into the NFL where a loss was on actions that he had during said game so that's got to be something as well that's got him questioning himself I mean he's a human being so especially after a game like yesterday there had to be some times where he's like man do I really understand this stuff as much as I think I do
0: I don't know if he is I don't think he's lost a ton of his confidence I know that those picks were bad it didn't seem like leaky confidence picks to me though it felt like he missed his target it felt like there was the defensive there so there was the defensive lineman on the really bad screen pass attempt that turned into a pick six. It felt like he was trying to throw it and lead Miles Sanders because the defensive lineman was in the way and he should have killed it, and then he air mailed it and just flat out missed, but it didn't seem like that was a leaky confidence type of interception. You also have the throw to Hayden Hurst, which, yeah, Hurst is open, but man, he delivers that on a dime. And that was after Bryce Young had already made what was a crucial, crucial mistake. You do have a couple of other things where he's hanging in the pocket and then delivering the football. He's running it a little bit more, which I like. I I don't think that we've seen Bryce Young have a ton of confidence lost. Even man, look, we had some not so good performances going into the Houston matchup. And then he's going against the guy that people are claiming the Panther should have taken. And he gives you his best performance. I really hope that we don't see that on against Chicago. I I really hope we don't see it. Maybe you're right. Wes, maybe he doesn't show the utmost confidence that he used to have, but I don't know if I saw that in those interceptions that he threw. I think he just missed, and he airmailed it, trying to make the right decision. All right, I need to lead Miles Sanders a little bit more, so whoops, I missed it, and then Kenny Moore just picks it off because it goes right to him. Hopefully, the confidence is there against Chicago.
1: For some of us, today is like Christmas because the college basketball season gets underway. Duke preseason number two picked to win the ACC. Carolina... Preseason number nineteen, Paul Biancardi. He joined the Mac and Bones show last week to say why he sees them as one A, one B this year in the ACC. Duke to me is one, and Carolina is right behind them in my mind. One A, they're really not B. With but the impact
0: transfers with Cormac Ryan, Harrison Ingram, R.J. Back, and Amando, and then Cadeau they, they go toe to toe with Duke. I think Duke has a little bit more of the edge because they got the four returning players. They've got a great freshman class. This freshman class, guys,
2: really can shoot the ball from the outside. You're going to see an excellent Duke three-point shooting team this year. It may not rebound uh, as well as they have in the past, but uh, they'll be a great
0: shooting team. I have Duke inside the top 10. I have Carolina inside the top 20.
1: Walker, you've said really the last couple weeks as we've been gearing up for the ACC or the, the college basketball season, you're sneaky excited about what this Carolina team is going to look like. And it's gonna look different. How excited are you to see these two teams kick off their seasons tonight? Oh yeah, very excited. I, I think with North Carolina, the intrigue comes from
0: the unknown. The intrigue comes from what I think is going to be a different identity. Didn't take very long to realize that that backcourt just didn't mesh well with one another, R.J. Davis and Caleb Love. And it's North Carolina. You give them the benefit of the doubt because of their history, but it certainly did not look good compared to other championship teams at the very beginning of last season. And that proved to be true time and time again. Here, Paul Biancardi, other national pundits are telling you, yeah, Elliot Cadeau, he's not Caleb Love. That is a different player in the backcourt with RJ Davis, Harrison Ingram, a guy that I'm very fascinated by. It doesn't mean that I think he's going to be this amazing all first team ACC player, although I think there is that potential. I'm just fascinated because there hasn't been a wing like this that can facilitate at his level since Theo Pinson. And I think Harrison Ingram is stronger than Theo Pinson. I think you probably have more of an inside game with Harrison Ingram. So that's what I'm excited about. And Armando Baycott, we talked about it, Wes. You saw him at ACC tip-off. Looks skinnier. Looks a little more fit hopefully that translates into the next level where he does have a shot to make an NBA roster and Duke is just loaded everywhere alright so the intrigue is easy there North Carolina you got to make the case because it's a different basketball team I think it's a different identity but Wes the Blue Devils they're stacked because everybody came back oh and they're still recruiting at a high level
2: they definitely are and they look like a team that should be able to represent the ACC uh, and go deep into the tournament and I like how being Carter he kind of just skipped over the Miami uh, of the world as well. But North Carolina too, uh, you can't wait to see what those veteran players like a Davis and what they learned from last year that they'll apply to this year uh, to be better. We know Cormac and those guys weren't there for that, but they understand what it's like or they understand what it means to put that jersey on. And if they don't, they will. And so this is a basketball team that I'm going to be interested to see how the veterans on this team, the guys that have been there, how they respond to what happened last year, because that's going to be uh, the key to everything, just the basketball character of the returning guys and what they're able to do.
0: And, and John Shire, you know, pretty mum on different players and how they're going to impact the team going forward. Um, but we all know about the talent. That's why it. we just we know how it's going to look. I, I'm. That's what I'm excited about. But Vidi, I mean, you were there with Hubert Davis discussing Harrison Ingram. How stoked did he seem about him? I mean, genuinely so. By the way, you could see it in his expression. Yeah, man. It, it, at least he, at least he thinks Harrison Ingram is the real deal. Even more so than when he landed him.
1: I think he's the key for this team, either competing for the ACC or being a middle of the road team because they want to play different. They want to play small. You put that. You got to be able to defend bigger guys. You got to be able to rebound against bigger guys. If he can do it, I think Carolina is poised to. Finish top three in the league.